EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Yeah it is, g'day uh, and welcome to the EFTM Podcast uh, post-COVID <laughs> um, Yeah, I had COVID when I was recording last week I didn't know I've been taking, I was, I got back from China Yes, the wonderful irony of that not lost on me. Uh, I went to Young for the weekend. It was busy and I got back from Young and uh, I could just feel it in my throat that I was not well. So I went and got cold and flus because I thought this is just, this happens to me when I get exhausted and um, whatever, move on, do my best, worked away. And then on Wednesday morning, all three kids, not well, two of them positive to COVID. No, not Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. And I was recording with Fennec at the time and I've had to text him while he's in the car leaving here going, mate, just so you know, kids are positive to COVID. Uh, and then I did a test and so am I. Anyway, he'd had it recently, so I think he's safe, but we'll know tomorrow when he comes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I uh, went three and a half years avoiding uh, the great flu and uh, here it is, caught up to me. But you know, the strong among us, Glenn's got it as well one of our moderators, he'd avoided it. He, he was a Novid like me. There's still some holdouts. We see you, but you must be superhuman or somebody thing. Anyway, you don't have it if you don't test. But no, it was annoying. And I'm, I'm, my family just laughed really because I'd traveled so much this year. I've traveled so much in the last few years and have not had any issues. And then I went to China. Now, did I get it in China or did I get it in Young? Let's be real. I probably got it in China. But we'll never know. You never know because we're not contact tracing like that anymore, are we? We'll never, never know. But I'm certainly not the Princess Cruises or whatever that thing was that came in. It's just me and my little master driving down to Young. <laughs> anyway, with apologies to anyone else who got it after me. Um, it is what it is. But it's been a week of real frustration at home. There's only so much Xbox you can play. The kids were pretty frustrated. So they're back at school now. Everyone's everyone's back to normal. Uh, anyway, so thank you for putting up with my voice last week, I guess. Um, now, I want to direct you to another podcast. Huh, that's stupid. No, no, seriously, this is a piece of art. Uh, it's called Anatomy of a Scam. And last year, uh, this was hosted by Deb Knight and produced by nine podcasts. And it was in, um, in, um, with support of, in partnership with Commonwealth Bank is the words I was looking for. And um, it, was, it was amazing last year, lots of deep insights. This year I have come on to co-host with Deb. So Deb's done a bunch of the interviews. I've done some of the interviews. It was just a lot to get through because this is, let's be real. If you've been listening to me do this podcasting game for the last decade or more, you know this show is the one that I put the most effort into, but it still isn't a lot of effort. I have to record the calls. I have to piece them together, but it takes two minutes. It's not art. Uh, all the other shows are pretty much start, talk, stop, finished, upload, right? Anatomy of a Scam is produced by an amazing team of people headed by Sam Stove, Hannah Sterling, and Adam at uh, Nine Podcasts. And they have lined up the most amazing guests from victims of scams to experts in AI, experts in um, the brain, government. Like there's a lot of people involved in this. And then it's produced as one hell of a show. Um, it is packaged together in a very listenable way, very engaging way, much more than this is just top and tail rubbish that I do. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So it's well worth listening to. It is six episodes. There's um, two a week, so Tuesdays and Thursdays. So there's only one out right now. I would love you to listen. I would love you to leave a rating and review on it, letting them know that you enjoyed my contribution. Um, no, just letting them know that you enjoyed the show and you know really help it along. Um, share it with your friends because you know this is a real issue. It's Scam Awareness Week right now, which is why this is launching. First episode is about voice cloning. Second episode is about deep fakes. 
Uh, episode three is marketplace scams, then phishing investment scams. And then at the end, we talk AI versus AI. So there's a bit to get through there. So it's, yeah, it's honestly unbelievable bit of uh, content and a real credit to the team that have put it together. And I'm very happy to, and proud to be a part of it. Um, there's some fantastic people included in this, in this program that it's well worth listening to. In fact, I, I've noticed the first episode is definitely live now because I saw people at Cyber CX, uh, Shamila Gonzalez, who is one of their senior managers, was one of the first guests and she's unbelievable, great knowledge of, of the world of cyber crime and cyber criminals, but also in scams, a lot to unpack, more than I could ever do here. Now, on this episode of EFTM, we're going to talk to Tim Flinsky from Trend Micro and we'll cover a bit of, you know, the where it's going and how it works. Um, and hopefully that'll that'll push you towards understanding more and then learning more. But yeah, have a subscribe to Anatomy of a Scam and really understand how fascinating it all is. A little bit scary, but also just an eye-opener, which will hopefully educate you in, in a big way. So Anatomy of a Scam in partnership with Commonwealth Bank and nine podcasts Production is available now to subscribe to and listen to. The first episode drops today on Tuesday. Every episode's on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next three weeks. Hope you enjoy it. A um, few calls to get through today. We're talking smartphones. Uh, we're talking uh, smart switching. I found a brother from another life. Um, there's a lot to get through and hopefully we get some of those calls uh, on today's show as well as talking to Tim Falinski from Trend Micro ahead of this week, which is Scam Awareness Week. Taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, eftm.com. Anthony did that. G'day, Anthony. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Yeah, I have a new Samsung A54 phone. Yep. And I'm wanting to transfer the data from my old phone to that. What sort of phone you got? How do what, I do? what did you upgrade from? Uh, Nokia 3. So an Android phone as well, yeah? A little uh, touchscreen yes. unit? Yep. Um, so have you already set up the A54? Uh, no, not yet. Right. So good I'm new- in the process of doing it. When you say in the process, so you've turned it on? Uh, it's it's charging at the moment. Right. Okay. So it should be one of the easiest things you do in the whole, whole process. Now- both Android, okay. Samsung, um, Oppo, everyone makes it really easy these days because they appreciate that, hey, a lot of people do switch phones to phones, brands to brands. The good news for you is pretty much everything from the old phone will carry across um, and yep. you've got two options of how to do it. Is your old phone USB-C charging or micro USB, do you know? Uh, USB-C. Perfect. So what you need is a cable that probably came with the Samsung that is USB-C to USB-C. So no brick, yes. don't worry about the brick, just the cable. And as you step through the the, the new phone, once it's charged, you turn it on, um, it'll ask you a couple of things. I think it'll it might set up your Google account first, and then it'll say, how do you want to copy data? Do you want to copy data from an iPhone, from an Android phone, or do you want to start from scratch and just don't worry about this? So what you say is, I want to switch from another Android phone. And it'll guide sure. you through the process. And I think you might need to download an app onto you onto the new onto the old Nokia phone. Um, but it will tell oh, okay, you yep. it will tell you all of that. And then I did this the other day sure. with my daughter. We um, we switched her to a, a diff, different Motorola. She already had one and she's just upgraded to a different one that I'm testing. And man, it was like a 15, 20 minute process. Copies across everything you want it to copy. You get to choose with a little tick box. Do I want contacts? Do I want, you know, photos, whatever? Tick everything, move everything over, wait about half an hour. And the new phone will look exactly like the old one did in terms of apps. Um, Might be slightly different because, you know, the the icons might look different for certain things. But, mate, then take your SIM card out of the old one, put it in the new one, and you are ready to rock and roll. That was my next question. Do I leave the SIM card in the old phone? <laughs> Look, yeah, at, at some point you're without phone because the both phones are working, you know, to, to copy data across and all that kind of jazz. So you're kind of in a dead, sure. man, dead man zone for 20 minutes, half an hour, but it's not that long. Um, so, yeah, I would wait until the end of the process so that you know it's done and dusted because if something failed or didn't work, what you can do is you can do a factory reset on the new phone and try again. Um, but I've, sure. I've not had much much problem with it. So I think you'll be absolutely fine, my friend. 
that is perfect. Thank you very much for that. All right. And what, what brought you to the uh, A54, you said? Um, just the, a review I read and things like that. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. it's, it's great fun, mate. What, what I, do I don't you think of the A54? Great fun. Yep. You won't have any issues. Great fun. Good little camera. Um, what'd you pay for it? Can I ask? Uh, $400. Perfect. See, that's the right amount of money to spend on a phone. It's, you don't need anything more. It'll do everything you need it to do. Yeah. Took advantage of the Black Black Friday sale. Oh, sweet. Nice. Nice work. Excellent. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Good luck with the new phone, mate. Thank you very much, Trevor. Cheers, buddy. Anytime. No worries at all. Um, that's as simple as that. And it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because if you haven't done it before, you don't realize that it does exist. It's a really simple process these days from switch to switch from one phone to another, no matter what brand you're doing. When you move from Apple to Samsung or Apple to Oppo or Apple to Motorola, you definitely don't get everything because it kind of needs to find apps and you might need to download things and there's a lot of password installation, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, broadly messages comes across. It tries pretty hard to do photos and stuff like that. It does a very good job today compared to what it did four years ago. That's for sure. And, and longer. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. EFTM.com, click on Ask Trev. Billy did that. G'day, Billy. Morning, Trev. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? So, Trev, basically, uh, I um, upgraded my smartphone. Yeah, what, what, did, what did you have before? Uh, it was an S10. So, you went from an S10 to a 23 Ultra. That's a decent upgrade. Yep. Oh, uh, you know, been five years, so yeah. why not upgrade? Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so. Um, uh, because I used the smartphone on a lot of stuff such as uh, banking and work-related apps uh, for work, uh, I've asked the retailer at JP, our local JP, and yeah. they say that it's best to get the Norton 360 antivirus. Well, all I wanted Trevor to know is, is it worth doing it? If so, is there a decent, um, what do you call it, program out there that can suffice the, the need for it? So, look, I am a big advocate of having internet security protection across every device. And um, it is Scam Awareness Week, and I'll talk to Tim Falinski from Trend Micro shortly on the show because I don't think enough of us really appreciate the risk that does exist to us right now. Now, I'll be honest with you, mm -hmm. I don't see a risk with your banking apps and with the general things we do on our phones. So protecting yourself from the things that you do on your phone uh, you know, really not much is being offered by internet security software. But protecting yourself from um, the risk of clicking on a link that you shouldn't have, scam email, scam text message, even phone calls, um, that's where yep. I think that, that internet security software pays off. Now, Norton 360 right. is definitely one option. My personal affiliation as, a, as an advertiser is Trend Micro. Um, I've got that on right. every device. I've got that on my mobile phone. It popped up the other day and said it was offering all these extra new things to me and I ticked all those boxes. So now I've got a bit of uh, scam phone call protection as well as scam SMS protection. So there's a lot that they do that you kind of – you should never know, you should never see, but it's just all in the background happening. So, mate, you've spent that much money on a phone. I think it's you've probably got a PC or a laptop or a tablet as well. Uh, Multi-device yep. protection from someone like Trend covers, you know, as many devices as you need it to. Done deal, mate. You, you'll be you'll be sorted and, and happy and safe. Just turn everything on. Spend about half an hour doing the life admin of you know setting it all up, and then uh, yep. yeah, you'll be you'll be safe and protected from yourself basically. Because it, it's I don't I mean your banking app is already strong and secure, but it's that one okay. time when you you're waiting for six parcels and you do get that one text that says you got a parcel and you go to click it. That's when you want someone like Trend to go, hey, 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 don't click that. <laughs> and and it stops right, you. Gotcha. It stops you from yourself. Gotcha. All right. Oh, awesome. So, mate, invest in it. It's worth it. And then put it across all your other devices as well. Oh, awesome, Trent. Thank you very much for all that. All right, Billy, mate. You have a good time. You too. Take care. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Um, yeah, I know. I, I talk about it a lot, and we will talk to Tim Flinsky shortly. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a simple thing. It's like having home insurance. Just you pay for it every year and keep yourself safe. No brainer. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast.
Now, it's National Scam Awareness Week, and I'm not going to bore you with statistics, but there are some staggering numbers in the in terms of the amount of money that's being lost by Australians to scams, and the best thing we can do, honestly, is talk about it. Um, because the more you talk about it, the more you um, share with people, and also the more you're willing to essentially tell people that you've been scammed it makes a massive difference because people are so scared of, of admitting that they were scammed, admitting that they were victim of something. I think it helps educate people. But the other thing you can do is obviously have protection. And we've spoken to Tim Flinsky from Trend Micro many times before, and he joins me now. G'day, Tim. Hi, Happy Trevor. National Scam Awareness Week. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good, good time, as you said, just for people to... Yeah, remember that they've got to be careful out there. Yeah. Now, uh, again, we we talk about the different types of scams, but you were saying to me earlier that identity fraud is just jumping up the charts in terms of um, how big a problem it is. Yeah, it um, it's been interesting that uh, across COVID, people moved more and more of their lives online, right? Yep. So people who had no intention of doing online banking, online shopping, now are and uh, believe that they're experts at it. And, you know, we even see that the banks are shutting down branches because people don't need to go in as much, you know. Mm. Uh, You know, you used to go to a coffee shop and, oh, no, you had to have a $25 minimum spend to tap your credit card. You don't anymore. You Mm. have a $3 spend, bang, and go and tap your credit card. So our lives have moved all online. And, you know, pre-COVID, you know, we were doing uh, market surveys and talking to people and... Identity theft was a top 10 issue, but, you know, like not top five, not top three, not their biggest issues out yeah. in mind. Uh, it's now top three. Wow. And they also rate it as the one that is going to grow the most and, and have as their biggest concern. So mm. I think it's not just about, you know, identity theft is now a problem. I think people are hyper aware about it mm-hmm. and realise it's going to get worse. I feel like um, the Optus hack created a little bit of complacency among some people. They didn't they they realized that oh, losing your driver's license and your passport was a bad thing, but I don't think they really understood why. And I think we should actually spell out to people what was at risk there and still is, frankly, because that data we don't know where it is, frankly. We, I don't, you know, I know 10,000 lines of it were absolutely published, but we don't really know whatever happened to the data that was obtained in the Optus breach. And it may be sitting on the dark web right now. Uh, It probably is or about to be released to the dark web. Uh, The real point behind it is is these people wait until you're unaware. So, you know, we see an increase at scams at only certain times of the year. Like we're about to go into Christmas and Black Friday is the kickoff to that. The number of scams that we're going to see in phishings all about, you know, you've got a delivery or your online purchase or something from your bank or something like that. These are going to take off, same as tax time scams and all the rest of it. And that's where someone who will be sitting on this data will wait because at at that point when you've got your, you know, senses reduced and you're you're, you're really busy and you're clicking things and you're Mm -hmm. likely you've done something, that's when they'll go and push a scam out on that to try and attack you. Because these people are criminals and they're not it's not random what they do. They plan what they're doing. They know. They, they read our news websites. They, they, they know what's happening in the world. So they know, A, Christmas and delivery. So that's going to be a big problem for Oz Post scams. Then you see big news items and they will capitalise on those with text messages or emails around those things. We kind of need to appreciate that we're not dealing with the Nigerian prince anymore. We're dealing with sophisticated cyber criminals who are probably going to outsmart you at some point. Oh, and, you know, they are getting smarter. And wh- one of the ways they're doing this is actually by using AI. Right. Like we, we, we're hearing about AI come out. Um, uh, Microsoft has just released Copilot for Office. And, you know, I think people are sort of starting to see how cool all this is and it's going to help their lives. Well, guess what? It's also helping the cyber criminals. Yeah. They're getting better at making that uh, Nigerian print scam actually now come from someone like a Facebook or a Telstra or an Australia Post or right. a, one of the big banks. And they can get that email looking so good now. And if you see it on your phone, you're likely to miss it and just click and forget. Yeah. And that's why they want to attack at a period where we're busy you know, like people, as we move into Christmas, we're all naturally busy. We're trying to get things yeah. ready to take a break, buy the presents, get the family stuff set up. You know, you're at your low ebb and bang, that they can go and strike there and look at it. And, you know, we look at something like the Optus hack and, and the Medibank private and 
the plethora of other ones are out yeah. there. It's not just these guys. And that information is just slowly sitting there in the dark web and they're trying to build up this bigger and bigger and bigger picture of you, ready to sort of utilise that and sort of strike back and sort of see, you know, when it can get done. And that's a message really to someone who is, you're, you know, say you're an Optus customer, you, you got notification that they got your email and your phone number and your driver's licence. Well, you think, oh, can't, you can't apply for a credit card on that. That's, that's not enough. But they're probably working through a whole other set of scams, whether it's the Ozpost email or the Amazon phone call that you get uh, that says you've bought something and you need to press one to get out of it. They're building a profile of you that may get them to the 100 points of ID. Oh, uh, definitely. Like, um, it's amazing people who uh, download and use uh, our dark web monitor and they go and plug their details in and they think, okay, now I'm protected. The first thing we do is we actually go and give them back all the results of where their data has already been stolen. Yeah. And it's generally uh, eye-opening to quite a few people about how many previous hacks and, and data leakages that they've been out there. Um, it's They haven't started with Optus. Optus is part yes. of that overall picture that they're building of you and could have been that last piece behind that. And it's just getting harder and harder that you can keep yourself 100% secure mm. and you should, right? And I think protecting against phishing and identity fraud is, uh, wow, something that everyone wants to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, you also need to protect yourself against the fact that we're living in an online world and therefore other people sadly are going to sort of uh, start to leak information about us and how do I protect myself in that case? Which is also why we think about dark web monitoring and you can tell me my driver's license or credit card or passport have been exposed. But passwords are just as important because... A lot of people, we know it, they're using the same password different places. And if your combination of email address and password exists on the dark web, then the chances of them trying that on every possible site from Facebook through to your own email is pretty darn high. Uh, it is incredibly high and they definitely are out there doing it. I, I remember one famous hack from about five years ago by Sergey. And uh, he used a set of uh, email addresses and password combination and actually managed to hack a couple of million Apple accounts wow. and actually go and lock people out of their iPhones in the morning. And he was asking for $100 per person. Now, um, he wasn't the brightest tool in the shed. They actually caught him pretty quickly and undid that. But people had a go at Apple, but Apple said it was. And it we let the person in based on a... Email it's and funny password how they get reported, isn't it? They it, it, it gets reported as an iCloud hack or a Google or whatever it might be, the, the service. But actually, it was the individuals who got exploited. And so, uh, and I think we know broadly that the Medibank um, data breach occurred through social engineering of an individual staff member. You know, now if you look at the, I look, you look at a list, any random list of dark web data, and you go, okay, let's just. Um, Let's just look for a domain name in those emails like, you know, something.gov.au or, you know, a specific business that has an email, a domain name. You could find one, two, maybe three people who work for that business. You've got their names. They might have your, a password of yours. And so they might get an email at work that identifies where they work. It's very familiar. And it tells them the password that's been breached and it tells them to click here to get around that. And that may be the, the, the key to actually a bigger hack of a business, let alone your home computer. And it, it, these kind of hacks are incredibly hard for organizations to actually realize that they're going on mm. because they've come through a legitimate channel. Yeah. Um, Samsung just this weekend announced that in the UK, they have actually had an open hack for 12 months now. Mm. Now, we haven't found out exactly how that happened, but it's more than likely that it was through a legitimate user and... and uh, a password combination yep. that these people have got access and slowly been siphoning data out mm. and it's not good and you know you've just got to be aware of that and you know things such as two-factor authentication then yep. that even if your email and password combination gets out at least you get that so, sort of second billing to approve it and a lot of organizations and i think they they you know give credit out there have actually imposed that to log in you mm. actually need that second pin even Qantas do now if you log in on your uh, computer you'll need to then you know get a code, get a on, code your on your phone to pump in there because they were finding that people were getting their frequent flyers hacked out wow. of their account and sent around because at the end of the day they're just frequent flyers but they're worth something yeah right you can buy things from the shop and then resell them uh, um, and all the other kind of bits and pieces mm. so you know there's so many ways that people i think don't realize how they can uh 
pay a price, whether it be through a loss of frequent flyer points, etc., in, in how they have their data stolen and taken out on the dark web. And it's huge money. It, I, I worry about the fact that people are too, and I mentioned this at the start, people are too afraid to admit that they, they've been a victim of any sort of cyber attack or scam because it's a shame thing, right? Whether you lost a hundred bucks or a hundred thousand, you're probably not going to want to tell your family because you're ashamed. You're ashamed of the fact that it happened. But in fact, you shouldn't be because it happens to the best of us. Um, and by talking about it, especially as we lead up to Christmas. It's not a Christmas Day conversation, but as you come across different people in your life, especially if you feel like they're the most vulnerable, they're the people that we can each help. We can each help educate those people because, man, I just think that it's got this stigma to it, being a victim of a scam, and that that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, look, definitely... um you know, we're seeing the numbers grow that, you know, oh, have you known someone who's been a victim of a cyber crime right. was one in 20, one in 15. Uh, I think our recent survey had it down as low as one in eight and one in six in some Jeez. age groups, right? right? So, you know, this thing that, oh, it'll never happen to me, I think is one of the biggest fallacies out there. The reality is, you know, the people probably say it's never happened to me. It's They've probably been taken at some level or form for a yep. scam. Even if it's you bought something off eBay that never turned up. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that guy got me. Well, you've been scammed, yeah, right? Scammed. And, you know, you've just got to be vigilant. You know, we use the words in the past and it, they still ring true that, you know, don't do anything online that you wouldn't do offline, you know. Don't don't just have open trust for people, you know? yeah. Ask a question. Don't give out too much information. Um, I loved a YouTube clip recently um, about uh, someone, oh, you know, should you have a strong password? And this this uh, young girl said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I use a combination of, you know, where I went to school and uh, one of my pet names, right? And the guy talks to her for another minute or two and goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, yeah, you went to school at, you know, Yale or something like that. She goes, oh, no, blah, blah, and gives out the name out? and, you know, and then... You know, five, another minute later, he's talking about pets. You have a pet? Oh, yeah. Uh, what was your first pet? Oh, it's my cat, you know, shingles and all the rest there of it. it. And then ba- basically, <laughs> he got the information out, and that's what social engineering is, is all about. Yeah. Even though this guy was standing there talking to her about passwords. Yeah. She didn't realize she was giving that out. <laughs> and I think just, you know, you know, we talk about as well that, you know, how busy life is at the moment yeah. and all the rest of it. And in, in an online world... We, we just got this habit when we pick up our phone, this necessity to look at an email straight away, mm. to click on a link. Oh, I've been sent a link. It must be important. Yeah. No, it probably isn't. Mm. Um, and you've just got to, you know, stop and think before you click. You might argue that something like ID security is the most important thing. I still think that, you know, the, the, the safe web style product that, um, that stops me from clicking on things that I shouldn't. <laughs> You know, that's the most important thing I've got on my phone is the fact that Trend Micro just sits there in the background, right? And common argument I have with people because they don't think they need any form of security on their phone because iPhones don't get hacked. iPhones don't get hacked. It's not about the phone getting hacked. It's about you accidentally clicking on a link in an email or a text message and you need a layer of protection that says, hey, do you really want to click here? That's essentially what people should have on their smartphones. It's really, I think it should be an essential part of, of every smartphone. Uh, look, definitely. I, I'm not going to argue no, with of that. And, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like we, we all think that this device won't get hacked and that device won't get hacked. They're actually not after the devices anymore. No. They're after you, your information. Like the amount of phishing we see there, it's still like one of the largest things out there. And, you know, phishing's all about getting you to click on a link to go to their website. Yeah. where they can get the information. So you're now off your computer, you're off your mobile phone, and that's where you need the protection. You know, these websites jump around all the time, and you know, a product such as Trend Micro can actually be looking at that website and say, yeah, you don't want to go there. It's like when you go to a new city and you drive to a bad neighbourhood. Mm. We can sort of say, look, you're about to go into an area that is just not good. And you go, no, 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 I 100% know it. And you can say, yep, I'll go in. Or you can say, okay, let me be cautious and thanks for the heads up. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Because it was also, people should know that a genuine uh, website for a small business, big business or whatever, could have actually been hacked itself. And so while the website address might be something you know and familiar with, if Trend Micro says no, it's probably because they themselves have been hacked and it's got some malicious code built in now to the website. And they may not know, know about that, but it's those kind of level of, it's a, it's a little roadblock, as you say, that says, you know what, probably don't go there. And, and that's the pause for thought that you need in a busy Christmas period where I'm waiting for parcels. If my phone says, 
probably don't go here. You really should pause for thought. And as you say, go and use the Australia Post app. Find, yeah. out, whether, find out whether there really is a parcel waiting for you. Yeah, you know, like, I, I look, I've had the bank send me a message once or actually give me a phone call that they, they saw something suspicious and they asked me just to confirm who I was. I said, sure, what's your extension? And they said that. I said, great. And I hung up the phone and called the phone number for the bank back. Yeah. You don't just give that information out. And it's that ability to take that step and pause right and everything behind it and you know, as you just mentioned you know like coming into christmas oh we're going to have a heap of presents turn up and all the rest of it mm. don't click the text message link yeah go to the australia post app yeah you know go into your commonwealth bank or your anz or your nab app go into the apps themselves don't just respond blindly to texts and hyperlinks it's probably the easiest way to get caught out now trend micro has a range of products do you find more people are pushing themselves up to get the extra levels of protection or is it still a, a challenge to get people to understand why they need to go one level up on their on their internet security? We're actually finding that a lot of people have moved up. So um, I sort of mentioned before that, you know, identity was a top 10 and now it's a top three. Yep. Like AV is still the number one and, and is always uh, yep. in there. But from just our standard AV only product, we're now seeing people buy AV and identity combined. Right. It is definitely a concern and a worry and a good 70% of people who take out our protection are sort of saying, no, I need that one step better because I now see what happens. And sometimes people get caught out, you know, like AV is a little bit like an insurance product. um, product. Mm -hmm. You know, it just sits in behind there and does the work for you. Identity is a little bit more in your face. It'll warn you about your dark web monitoring alerts and bad passwords and all that other kind of bits and pieces. But, you know, um, having that suite and that comprehensive protection, definitely in a world now that we are moving online and doing more and more Mm. online uh, is needed. And we're finding people are getting aware of that and are happy to move up to that. Now, you're launching it this week, a new product um, in in the range that takes it to another level because, you know, I think about, okay, I've got my AV, I've got my link protection, I've got my ID security. And ID security is checking the dark web for stuff that I may or may not not know is out there. But when it's out there, it helps me understand what I can do, whether it's actioning, changing passwords, um, you know, talking to the bank, whatever it might be. But you're now looking at a a level of protection that also gives me... um, uh, protection of my my actual credit rating and and monitoring of activity on my credit account. Yeah, so with with identity protection, um, you know, we all need to do as much as we can, right? Yeah. So we need a sweet product that has both AV and identity. But it's what happens if a business out there gets hacked. And I've seen we've seen a few over the past few years. Like you know, we can talk about the big ones such as Optus and Medibank Private. Uh, and they were particularly bad because of the amount of points of ID that were stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, things such as driver's licenses. And therefore, what happens if it's sometimes not me, but the companies I'm working with are hacked and have the information put out there? This is where we uh, have an additional feature coming into our product, and that is actually a credit monitoring service. Uh, It's provided by Equifax, and what it will do is it will give you alerts if there is a change or something happening to your credit account. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you get your monthly credit score, and that sort of tells you, oh, you've taken out an extra loan yep. or all the rest of it. And they're good and they're free to get, but this will actually give you real-time access to that information and actually provide you alerts. Mm. So in the case of, of an Optus, they were actually providing that to those uh, customers who had yep. that information stolen because you needed that real-time to be on top of it. And it even gets to the point where you can actually say, I actually want to block new credit items being uh, taken out in my name. And it just takes that whole thing is that, you know, prevention's the best form of uh, cure. So our product sits there and it's there, but we also need good alerting in case our information is out there. A dark web monitor is wonderful. It'll tell you anywhere from 24 hours to four months, generally before companies will tell you that your information's been leaked. And then having something like a credit monitor at the same time is giving you a similar style of protection, not just on the dark web now, but also on your credit account or your credit file, because that, I think, is what most people are concerned about with identity. Because you don't know that, you know, you were, you were part of the Optus hack. They got your passport number or your driver's license number. You don't know where else they might have obtained information of yours. Hey, they might have rung you at some point and pretended to be Amazon or Microsoft and subtly got some other bit of information about you that actually doesn't show up on the dark web. But then they go and apply for a credit card in your name. So you're saying with, with this Equifax monitoring, I'm going to get an alert when someone tries to access my credit rating 
through an application for finance and that allows me to then act, act upon that, ring the bank and ring the financial institution. Yeah, for you to actually be in front of that problem right. because by the time you sometimes hear about it when you know, instruments been taken out and the bank's loaned the money or given a, a credit card, it's out too late and it can take two and a half to three years for you to go and undo that issue that you've just had mm. with that financial instrument taken out in your name. So, you know, if it's for $20,000, imagine you being out of pocket for $20,000 for two and a half to three years yeah. or not being able to go and get a bank loan, yeah. you know, for a new your house. for frozen two and a- because it's, it's a, now a poor score. Yeah, because you turn up and say, yeah, but this is me, I'm Trevor. And they go, yeah, but we had someone else come and say they're Trevor and he had his driver's license as well he had the same information mate yeah and all the rest of it how do I know you're the real Trevor and you've now got to go and unpack that and do that so definitely you want to stop any of this kind of stuff happening and that's why it's becoming more important to have the software and the tools in your possession and active so you can act swiftly when it happens it's uh, it's good advice Uh, it's a great product and the the advanced level gives you access to the Equifax credit reporting Tim thanks for your time Thank you very much, Trevor. Take any calls, EFTM.com. Click on Ask Trev. Tony did that. G'day, Tone. Hey, Trev. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good, buddy. What's happening? Mate, I just wanted to um, touch base with you. I, I knew you were um, planning on talking to Patrick Delaney from Foxtel. I did. I, I, I did see him. We uh, we caught up yesterday. It was uh, yep. like being called to the principal's office. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, cause, you know, it's like the, the top story of the Foxtel building and then you're in the corner and it's his big office and – I don't know. It was just one of those weird moments, but uh, we had a we had a pretty good chat. It was just a off the record, you know, on background as they say in my game, uh, chat, and and it was fascinating. Where where do you sit in the whole world of Foxtel? That's great to hear, mate. I, um, I, I do love the Foxtel product, but mm. um, what I what I really find hard to get my head around is um, how much they're charging yeah. uh, for what you what you get. Um, how much are you paying to, every month? Well, I was was paying uh, ninety six, and I've now cut it back, and I've literally stripped it back just to uh, sport and um, and the basic. And what do you feel like you're missing out though on something that you had to get rid of? Um. Well, that that's the thing. Like, um, uh, Foxtel did have the English Premier League. Yeah, um, I got no, no, that anymore. No, no, which is a shame. But yeah, I I love the Formula One, love the supercars, love the NRL. Um, I mean, it's all good. Yeah. But um, when you add up all the streaming services, when you want to see everything you want to watch it yeah. it, it does get pretty exy yeah I, I think that's what they all are playing on now um the yeah. the fact is that for some people uh you know the simplicity of foxtel is is the reason they still have it and i think and i'm not speaking mm-hmm. too far out of school to say i think he knows full well that you know a large part of their audience is um older generation affluent um aren't really struggling with, you know, the interest rates or anything like that. In fact, they're probably doing better because of it. And they're not too stressed mm-hmm. about their, their Foxtel bill. But the yeah. other the other end of the yeah. spectrum, there are people who are chasing the deals and that's what they're getting. Um, yeah. So it's this yeah. weird kind of moment where I think they know, put it this way, I got the sense that Patrick Delaney knows exactly who his audience is. I did get the mm-hmm. sense that he knows far more about the market, obviously, than I probably gave him credit for. But I well, that's am, am yeah. still confused as to how Hubble sits side by side with the other players in the market. Aside from the fact, and this is I'm happy to report this, that their one billing mm-hmm. situation seems to be the biggest play. It's actually less about the box and more about the fact that you'll have all your streaming subscriptions in one place. Now, does that make it easier mm-hmm. for you to manage those subscription? Hopefully. Right. Yeah, that that was the other thing I wanted to ask you because um, that would just make so much business sense to mm-hmm. have it all in because they like I, I, I said to you um, 
they advertise all in one place, but it's not all in one place. It's mm. it's a limited um, subscription service. Um, but if if that was the case, where you got discount, a bit like um, is it the Optus? That's um, it, and that's what I said to him. I said you got to have a product like Optus Sub Hub, yeah. where the more you've got, the better the discounts. Um, the ability to yep. turn stuff on and off. Here's what I said to him. T- tell me what you think of this, Tony. I said, listen, the most mm-hmm. successful streaming product in the world tomorrow will be the one that mm-hmm. allows me to have one bill for everything, firstly. Yep. And secondly, yep. the one that is willing to tell me what I'm not watching. So, like, yep. I'm paying for Paramount+. Plus. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. I remember signing up for it for, I think, Tulsa King. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm paying for Paramount+, Plus, but my box, whether it's my Foxtel, my Hub or my Fetch, whatever the device is, knows that I haven't watched it for X number of weeks or months, then says to me, listen, do you want to A, pause for a month, B, pause for three months, C, pause indefinitely? That's That proactiveness would make me Mm -hmm. hyper loyal. I'd be like, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. And then, you know, every month, you know, push me the cool new things that are on Paramount and I can re-enable it. At an instant, but I don't know that Hubble is going to be that. I, uh, you know, I'm not sure how um, sophisticated their billing system will be, and I think that that's what concerns me is that it to to win the market, it has to be everything. So, what stops you just going streaming? Um, Unlimited um, data. I've only got a limited data I can use each each time. Right, um, each a, month. Are you on an NBN plan or what sort of plan are you on? Yeah, it's just a starter NBN plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you add up, um, that's a Telstra one. It's a starter one for $65 a month. And then your mobile phone's 62 on top of that. And then you add on Foxtel on top of that. And then Mate, every other. Well, are you in a regional area? What sort of NBN do you have? It's fiber to the curb. Okay, so it's not yep. not a, not not exactly yep. a shocker. Um, no, it's not. And I know um, the cheapest, probably unlimited one you can get is about eighty dollars. Is that right? Seventy-five bucks Aussie broadband. Yep. And that's okay. on. Well, it's actually six. I should say. Sorry, it's sixty-five. But that's on the twelve one mm-hmm. speed, and look, I'll be honest, I I would struggle to recommend that to anyone. But here's the thing: you mm-hmm. said you're paying sixty something for that, plus sixty something for your mobile. You spend yes. seventy five with Aussie broadband, for example, um, for unlimited data, and you get I don't know um, Kogan Mobile or Boost Mobile SIM card, pay twelve months worth up front. For two hundred or for two hundred or three hundred mm-hmm. for the year, and mm-hmm. and then you get rid of Foxtel because you've got unlimited data and you can use Ko Binge and others. May with mm-hmm. def with that you're definitely going to save like a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think the yeah, first true. thing you should do is budget an extra ten dollars a month to switch your NBN mm-hmm. to someone like Aussie Broadband and go unlimited, and then. Mm-hmm. So you're up, you're $10 bad, but then instantly you can contemplate getting rid of your Foxtel because you've got unlimited mm-hmm. data. There's now we're, now we're ahead $80 and then, yeah. then look at a better deal on your mobile phone through Boost or Kogan, one of the kind of annualized plans. You're paying up front, yeah. you'll be in the negative for like two months. And then from then on, you're in the, you're saving easily $110 a month. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, that 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 all sounds good, and, and I know I've I have looked into that. But, um, but why? Yeah, what stopped it, you doing it? It's just um, the effort. No, it's not the effort. Um, it's it's a bit like what you're saying before, Trev. It's fear of missing out on um, and everything because because I do love the Foxtel set top box. I can record the linear channels and all that sort of stuff. Um, yep. It is nice, but I know that's old school nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all about streaming. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, look. All I would say is that um, you know, if if money's tight, then you should look at these things. It's uh, there are always going to be compromises. Yeah. Always. 
Um, but I yeah. think the longer yeah. run allows you to have just something better in the pocket. And and the the, the flexibility, go, you know, I want Paramount this month, and you can add some services because you've got that flexibility in, in your budget. Yeah. But um, and yeah. you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe you are the perfect mm-hmm. Hubble customer. Maybe well, your willingness, yes. and and again, uh, we were off the record, but I don't think he'd mind me saying, I, I, I don't think he he doesn't expect there will be some purge, some churn of people from Foxtel boxes to Hubble. But by no means do I think mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to lose everyone. I think he knows that there's some mm-hmm. people like you that will think Hubble's yes. a better option for them if you've got something like yeah. the unlimited data. So maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the go. That would be the go, and that would be – absolutely ideal because then you could pick and choose every month um, as to which one you want to play. And like Foxtel used to be the leader in this um, department, but now I feel like they're the chaser. They're trying to keep up with everyone else. Yeah. Well, um, a little bit of that is the, the market moved so quickly and they were not nimble. They they used to be innovative. They're not that they're not anymore, but I think the market moves mm-hmm. so rapidly in front of them. It's like let's let's imagine it as a four hundred meter Kathy Freeman race, right? They were ahead yes. by lengths at the two hundred, but in the in the two two hundred to three hundred, they, they've they've slowed and they've now got a bit of bit of ground to make up. And this is their Man. effort. This is their effort for the final hundred, I reckon. Yeah, and it may yeah, and if it's it's got to, it's got to pay off or, or it's failure. It will be, yeah. I, I, you can almost see the writing on the wall. If it's a, if if the Hubble doesn't work, um, hmm. I think it will be because um, it's people like me that um, they should be marketing to. It's yeah. uh, I know you said it's the affluent people that can afford to get the premium service, and and that's how they sort of show themselves. But if it if they market themselves back to the common person um, where it is affordable. Um, to get to watch everything you want to watch, um, they're on a winner there, mate. Because um, I, I tell you what, one of the best things they ever did was add adding um, F1 TV. You like that, do you? I love it. Yeah, really? you're the first yeah. person to say that to me. <laughs> yeah. How do you, do you uh, watch it on, uh, on on the Foxtel box? You fire it up, and what do you watch? Well, the only I've only had two chances this year, only because it has to be in in a good time zone where you can watch it. Hmm. Um, so that way you can, because it has to be live. I don't know and what you're you talking pop- about, Tony. Every Formula One race is in a good time zone. Uh, yeah, I, well, I live my I life do. around those races. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so do I, mate. But um, normally I do record the ones that are in a bad time zone. But um, you. You take like the Japanese race or the Australian race, and then we had uh, Singapore, mm. and Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, mate. I totally, totally enjoy that because I literally used every channel on that F1 TV, yeah. um, watching the onboard coverage plus all the live data. But it, so and, you, you just like when you get to a point of the race where it's not, you know or inspiring or something, you just flick around the, the, the different cameras? Because you can't watch them all at once. No, you can't. No, unless you had four different screens, yeah. But um, no, I, honestly, it, it was so enjoyable watching um, Las Vegas, especially. Um, yeah, yeah no, I agree. Watching, watching Oscar and uh, Daniel, yep. and then um, and then then you can switch to the track track um, data and the live timing. Yeah, it it, it it was almost immersive, yeah. Man, I, awesome. I just loved it. Now, we're long yeah. lost brothers, are we, mate? We are, mate. Yeah, because, mate, um, you've got a love of the V8 supercars as well and um, and all that stuff. Um, you growing up as a kid, you know, recording all those races on VHS, and I do remember <laughs> that. And... Cannot believe when whenever I hear you and um, Steve Fennick talk about because I, I love all your podcasts, but yeah. um, when I used to hear you, you used to sit down and do little cutouts and little drawings of your bedroom and yeah. or your office, and you'd all always try and come up with a better plan, mate. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the only I, one. No. You're not the only one, mate. <laughs> you know how close we were to being uh, to being uh, in sync, in sync, 
my uh, my first week of work experience in well, it would have been 1991 in, in year 10 was mm-hmm. at the Griffith Water Board doing drafting. Wow, there you go. Yeah, well, and that you, was. Uh, that I was saw more. in your email you you ended up doing drafting. Yes, yes, that was my first uh, first trade, uh, first job. Yeah, doing um, architectural drafting. Yeah, I was yeah, doing water yeah. wheels to be clear from on the irrigation canals, but uh, that's that's what they were doing at the water board. I'm thinking, why do I need to draw a water wheel? Haven't we done this a million yeah. times? I think they worked out that was the thing that would take a kid three days and shut them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did did. Do you miss the drafting? Not at all. No, it wasn't for me. I did it. So I did uh, engineering mm-hmm. science in year, uh, I did tech drawing in, in year kind of nine and 10, yes. which is when I had, yeah, you know, like a, topic. I've still got a yep. um, drawing board and the, the ruler and the set square and everything up in the roof oh, of my I'll house. Um, I've got all that too. And I've got I all used my to enjoy doing well. perspective drawing. So, you know, the like drawing yeah. walls yes. into, into perspective and stuff like that was a weird, fun thing yeah. I did. I used to draw bridges all the time and buses. Bridges and buses yep. was something I would draw. I don't know why. Buses, I just had this Trev's tools or something. Yep. I don't know. Why. I was an idiot. But, and then I yep. did engineering science in year 11 and 12, which was far more complex and physics based than, you know, just tech drawing. Yeah. So I, I didn't enjoy that at all. I don't remember. I probably dropped it in fact. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, it was, I, th- yeah, I don't know why drafting, maybe I got, maybe someone at the school was able to get me into the waterboard to do that. Uh, and because I was doing yeah. tech drawing, it, it made sense, but you know, draw, I remember, yeah. in fact, I remember now, geez, I've just had a flashback to year, I'd say year 10. I remember we, we were drawing the Apple logo with the stripes through it. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, to have well, that drawing back again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's all the stuff I used to do too. Uh, copying logos and uh, doing cartoons and that sort of stuff. It 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 was unbelievable. And but I I used to find the most satisfying part about um, doing the drafting was um, whatever you drew, you could see come to life. And yeah, that's awesome. In the real in the real place, yeah. I've still yeah, got in but, my head a, a drawing we did of a, like our fantasy home or something, and mine was in, in like poking out the side of a mountain. So like my home mm-hmm. poked out the side, you know, glass front so you could see over the valley and stuff. And I still drive in the country and think there's a hill for that home. <laughs> I'll yeah, probably never yeah, see it yeah. come to life. I'll never have that kind of money. But look at that there, mate. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're brothers from a, from another life, my friend. We, we certainly are, Trevor, and I'd, I'd love to sit now. Sit down and have a beer with you one day, mate. All right, mate. Good on you. Thanks for getting in touch, mate. One day. And um, I I love all the podcasts and um, you're doing a great job. And I I really appreciate the call, Trev. No worries at all, mate. Enjoy. You take care. See you, buddy. Thank you. You too. You too. Um, What a top bloke. Yeah, Tony's Tony's email was probably one of the longer ones I normally get. And he apologized for that when I I rang him. But um, it was awesome because, like, literally – he lists so many things that we had in common as as kids, basically, all, all progressing through. There you go. Anyway, I did have that catch up with Patrick Delaney. He was awesome. Great to have a chat. Really good to understand the mind of it all. Um, and I said to him, and, and again, I, I'm confident he won't mind me sharing this. I said to him, I'll reserve my judgment until I see it and use it. And I am happy to be sign every NDA possible so that I can see it before necessary and sit and I will give genuine constructive feedback. But I remember saying to him that I I think the one billing thing only works if it's able to be done comprehensively. So, you know, with Optus right now, I can't switch to Optus Subhub, not Optus customer, but I couldn't because I have the extra family member billing. They don't offer that. You've got to be able to offer the full standard products. So it'd be fascinating to see what they end up offering. This is the EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long taking your calls. Peter's on the line. G'day, Pete. Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? Mate, we've got a whole lot of music on uh, Apple iTunes. Uh Um, Can we get it off there and onto another device, or is it only on Apple that we can use it? Is it music that you ripped from a CD once before, or is it music (laughs) you've purchased on Apple Music? How does it work? Yeah, music we've purchased off Apple Music. So, so lot, lots of different artists. What sort of device do you want to have it on? Well, I guess my partner's got a um, uh, like a, a music stick, um, and I'd like to get it off my Apple phone and get it on her music stick. 
Music stick? What is that? Well, like um, like an iPod. Used to be like an iPod. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's two potential problems. Um, one of them is digital rights, and the other one is simply the process. The process can be overcome. Now, any file, any song that you bought um, should exist as a literal physical file on your computer. You're running a PC or a Mac? Uh, PC. So normally your, your music is saved literally in the My Music folder and you'll find My Music and then you'll find another folder called iTunes and then another folder called Music and then another folder for every single artist essentially. And, yep, yep. Um, and if you don't know where it is, you can look in the settings or the properties of iTunes and it'll show you where the file location is. And so what mm-hmm. you can do is you can literally just take those files, put them on another computer and play them, put them on an, and theoretically put them on that music stick and play them. But right, yeah. some songs, there was a, I, I feel like, and someone will correct me here, but I feel like there was a point five or more years ago, might be a lot more, where Apple went, you know what, we're holding our hands up in the air and we're giving you music that you can play on any device for this very reason. But some of the early stuff was certainly limited. So if you try to play it on another device, it just wouldn't work because they needed to make sure that you don't just send those files to other people and we begin, you know, Napster file sharing again, right? That was the problem <laughs> yeah. with music, yeah. right? And so what they do yeah. is they have digital rights management built in so that if you put it on another computer, you can play the file if you authorize iTunes on that computer. But if you put that file onto an MP3 player, ba-boom, won't work. But there, uh, okay. there, yep. there may be some, if not all of your library, may be rights management free. So... Right. Basically, don't try it with a whole library. Um, yep. uh, try it with one or two songs. Um, okay. Yep. And, and you'll know pretty quickly whether or not um, it, it exists. Now, my understanding is that today um, songs on the iTunes store do not have DRM protection, all right? Yeah. They'll, they'll be AAC files. Um, you need to make sure that the music stick does support that file. If it doesn't, you're going to have to convert mm-hmm. everything, which is a pain in the bum. But I, yeah. I think you're going to be okay, really. The main thing to do is find the files firstly on the computer and then move them, just move a couple of them over to the music stick and see whether that works. You know, if this was 10 mm. years ago, nightmare. But I think today you're in a better place. All right. Awesome. I'll give it a go. All right, mate. Enjoy. Good luck. And, uh, yeah, cool. happy, happy listening. Good on you. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you for getting in touch. And uh, yeah, I, I was confused and, and you know thinking as I went there because the the challenge is it it went through a period where it was a nightmare, but I feel like they sorted that out and we're in a better place now. <laughs> and it's been so long since I've looked at music files on iTunes because I stream everything, you know, which does make me a captive. I get it to the whole process. Anyway, eftm.com. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, easy. Go to EFTM.com. Shirley did that. G'day, Shirley. Good morning. How are you? Very well. What can I do for you? I'm looking um, to get a antivirus for my iPhone and my iPad. Yep. And what's what's no, what's no, I, what's concerning you? What's brought this on? Well, I watched the 60 Minutes on Sunday night. It really scared me. My brother keeps telling me I've got to do something, and I, I just – don't know which one to get. What which a, one would be? I haven't watched the sixty minutes story. Don't tell Amelia Adams that, but I haven't watched it yet. But I did see the promos. What? Uh, what was the general gist? What? What did it make you think? Oh, just back getting hacked and scammed, and people's taking money and everything. Not that I've got money to take, but mm-hmm. yes. So it's, um, it's, the best thing is that you're thinking about it. It's Scam Awareness Week. I've just chatted in detail to Tim Flinsky from Trend Micro about it because. This is the week, and I will say um, to to our listeners that, that weren't obviously privy to, to your to the phone call when your husband picked up. It was strong. He was like, "Hello, private number," because I call from a private number. I like that. That's good. That's good scam awareness. Because who the hell's calling me? That's the right thing to do. That's right. So I like that you're thinking about it, and I think it's important to do. What sort of devices have you got in your home? You got an iPad and an iPhone. What else? Anything else? Um, he's got a, he's got a laptop computer. Okay. And does he have internet security on that? No. Oh, come on. He's letting the family down. Right. Well, 
Here's what we need. We need to get internet security. That's what it's called. And you should be able to get something with what we call three device support. Now, there are really only three big companies that do internet security. They are Norton, Kaspersky, McAfee, and Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro are a long-term advertiser with me. I have a great relationship with them. So that's the reason they come first to mind for me. And I have absolutely no hesitation in recommending them to you, Shirley, because I use them on my phone. I have them on my Mac computer here, and I have it on my phone, and I have it on too many devices. Cost me a little bit too much because you do pay per device. Um, you can have up to 10 devices. So you just need the three, right? Yes. Now, yes. think of it, I used to say think of it like car insurance, but actually car insurance is pretty much you've got it or you don't. I think internet security is more like health insurance. You know when they say to you, do you need this, do you need that? Well, we don't have pregnancy cover in our house anymore because that ain't happening again. So we don't need that, right? So we've parked that part and now we need this, that and the other. So you kind of look at the list and you go, what do I need? I think the sweet spot for, from a Trend Micro perspective, and I'm pretty sure all the brands would be the same, is you know one or two up from the bottom. So the, the base level doesn't really give you much more than old school um, virus support. It might do something like manage your passwords. But the next level up is going to do things like um, third-party monitoring or identity protection. That's what you need. You actually need something that's going to protect you from things like those annoying uh, text message scams. And see, what it does, Shirley, is you'll still get the text message sometimes, but if you were to fall for the message and click on the link, it will say to you, hey, don't do that. And that's what you want. You just want someone to put up oh. a put up a big stop sign and say no. So just for the record right now, a four device, because you can either get two, four or six device, four device protection from Trend Micro for 12 months is $69. And I think oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. That's, that's pretty good value for their... Uh, second tier product. There's another one above that. Um, that's, you know, probably just a touch more money. You know, do you need that? Uh, probably, well, look, I'll tell you one thing they offer on the next level up is technical support 24 seven. If you're the kind of person that wants to pick up the phone and ring them about something, that's pretty good. Like to get technical support for an extra 20 bucks. So trend micro, check them out for me, compare them against what your friends have against others in the market. You can buy it online. You can pay for it online. You can download it really easily. You could be you could have it active within two hours of our chat, even including lunch. Oh, it sounds really good. That's I think I'll go with that. But we need what's your husband's name again? Murray. We need it on Murray's computer as well. Okay. Yes. Because Murray's the risk in this household. I'm thinking Murray. We're very good on the phone, but I'm worried about what emails he's getting and what links he's clicking on that computer. Okay. Don't want any scams yeah, coming through. Yeah, things than me. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's the stuff that comes through and he'll tell me he's super savvy and he is, you are too, but it's it's the stuff that you don't expect because they've written it so well. Um, I'll, I'll give you a blatant plug for a new podcast which just launched called Anatomy of a Scam. D find a podcast app and download that and I don't want to scare you, but it will freak you out. It'll teach you so much. It'll be like the 60-minute story, but – there's two episodes a week for you to listen to. Really interesting stuff about scams, how they're being done these days, how AI is making it harder for you to spot them. Bunch of things like that, Shirley. Well worth listening to. Anatomy of a what was it? Anatomy, Anatomy of, a of a scam. Yeah, have a listen to that on any good podcast app. Yeah, I listen to podcasts every day. Well, it's me and Deb Knight. So Deb Knight and and myself are hosting it. It's a it's overly amazingly produced. But uh, lots of really fascinating interviews in there, which I think you'll get a lot out of. Yeah, I've watched her on TV. She's really good too, isn't She's she? She's great. Yes. Yeah. So you'll yes. enjoy that because it's familiar to you. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Good on you for uh, for thinking about it and go away and get yourself some uh, some internet security for those devices. All right, Shirley? I will. Thank you very much. You have a great week. Have a good day. Cheers. There you go. So Shirley's a top top of it. It was so good because I ring from a private number and – I'm going to say 50% of the time people don't answer because it's a private number. Um, normally if I ring back five minutes later, they go, oh, they must want me. So they try. 
But Shirley was great because it was ring, 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 ring. And then, hello, private number. What can I do for you? And he was strong because you know what? He would have picked them up the next minute. That, if that was a scammer, he would have been all over him. But I went, mm, is Shirley there? And he's like, what? This bloke knows my wife's name. So I, I, I got in. I got through the keeper. All right. Uh, get in touch. EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. All right. We're back again with another episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech on Thursday night. Private feed on Friday night. If you're not listening to those, jump over to the Two Blokes Talking Tech feed and have a listen. If you're already in the Two Blokes feed here, thank you. And thank you for listening to the EFTM podcast all the way through Greatly appreciated. Always great for you to leave ratings and reviews on our shows. Uh, just gives us that little buzz, you know, that little uh, little jazz of 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 joy that someone's, you know, gone to the trouble and is is actually listening. Um, so never hesitate to do that. Uh, it's always a great thing to do. Um, but not a lot of it happens anymore because so many people have already done it. I know it's not all of you. I know that for sure. But um, so many people have already done it that uh, it's it's hard. I get that. But anything you can do to help share the love and share the knowledge and let people know that you, uh, you're a part of this uh, is greatly appreciated. So uh, jump on to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify allows you to leave ratings and reviews as well. Certainly ratings. Um, so let it happen. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, and we'll talk next week. 